0: If you walk down Crog Street in Atlanta, Georgia, you might pass a store named Tiny's A red door in a white frame, an open sign in the window. But the thing is, you can't go in Tiny's. The door doesn't even open.
1: I'm not trying to tell you what's behind it. In fact, I'm trying to do the opposite. I'm trying to create a blank canvas for your imagination.
0: And that's because Tiny's... It's not just that the door's closed, it's also actually really, really tiny. The door is just seven inches tall. And it's the first of 26 little tiny doors that are now spread throughout Atlanta.
1: Kids will come up to me when I'm on the Beltline and they'll be like, why doesn't it open? And I'm like, you know what? I feel you, I get it, I get it. But close your eyes and imagine what's behind the tiny door. They'll close their eyes and they'll think about it. And I'll go, now, if I opened this right now, what could be cooler than what you're imagining? What's better than that?
0: It's a bakery filled with itty bitty Cheerio sized donuts or a barber shop, or really whatever you want it to be. Because that is the whole point. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura. A celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places, and today we are going to Atlanta, Georgia, where an artist will show us that a whole lot of wonder can fit behind a few tiny doors. That's after this. And inside is the last. VHS video shop in all of the world. And you go up to the counter. And the clerk working there with his hair sweeping down in front of his face barely acknowledges your presence, checks you out, and then tells you that you should probably rent Ghoulies because it's actually really good. And so you do. You take it back home to your teeny tiny house. (laughs) And you watch it on your teeny tiny VCR. And you stay up too late. And it's the best night of your life. (laughs) All right, that's enough. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) That's fun. That's fun. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. In 2013, Karen Anderson Singer had just graduated from art school and moved to Atlanta. And when she got there, she really gravitated towards something called the Krog Street Tunnel. It's this kind of famous tunnel in Atlanta that is surrounded by tons of incredible graffiti and really fantastic murals.
1: And I thought, how can I bring my own art into that conversation without imposing it? I've always been a sculptor in my heart. And I thought, what if I just tried this idea?
0: The idea was to build a teeny tiny door on one side of the tunnel, the tiny storefront. It had these little steps that led up to the front door, this little bench off to one side. And it was all so small. That it made the weeds next to it look like big overgrown bushes. Drawn above that, there was a tiny cyclops popping out of the roof, and little bugs were drawn over the building. It was all really colorful and really detailed. It was delightful.
1: So my whole idea was make it make it something that when you see it, even an hour after it went in, you go, how long has that been there? So it doesn't look fresh and shiny and new, and like it doesn't belong. It looks like something that could have been there forever.
0: Karen's deep and abiding love of miniatures dates all the way back to her childhood.
1: I threw away all my dollhouse furniture, gave it away when I was a kid, and made all of it myself out of clay. And I really enjoyed just using primary colors and mixing my own colors. Like I was really into the process more than the result. And I feel like that kind of translate, maybe maybe I'm still that kind of kid. I don't know.
0: (laughs) But unlike the dollhouse furniture that Karen used to make, these little doors have to live outside, which means they have to stand up to the elements, the rain, to Georgia's heat and humidity.
1: I create them out of wood, out of clay, out of all kinds of things that I have around. Um, And then, have them molded and cast in a special resin composite, then paint them and install them. So what you're looking at on the street is a resin replica of an original sculpture uh, rather than a painting.
0: After Karen made that very first tiny door in the Crog Street Tunnel, she felt good, but didn't actually think too much more about it. But one day, she passed it on her way to work.
1: And there were a bunch of uh, tiny plastic cats all facing the door like they were waiting for someone to come out and give them food. And then slowly the cats started disappearing, like people were taking them one by one. And around Halloween, I saw tiny jack-o'-lanterns appear in front of it. And then one day, uh, our local newspaper is called the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. One day, I was on my way to work and I saw a little piece of paper. I stopped and got out and picked it up and it was a tiny version of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution about the tiny door.
0: Karen didn't know who was leaving all these little gifts, but it was exciting.
1: Clearly, these are my people. I had no idea that there were so many people who, you know, would were so into this idea and were down to just try to experiment with the with the fun, with the joy of it.
0: A few months later, Karen built her second door, and this one was more personal. It's on Atlanta's Freedom Parkway, which is a pretty high traffic area, and they are Karen installed a little pink door with pieces of mirror surrounding it, and surrounding that was a rainbow.
1: So, as a queer artist, you know, as someone who has dealt with discrimination, dealt with different, you know, like the rainbow has meaning to me. It's culturally something that I find to be significant. And so when I put the rainbow there, it was originally for Atlanta Pride, and I felt great about putting it there.
0: Just like our first door, door number two got an almost immediate response. But with this one, not all of it was
1: positive. You know, I've had to scrub it and repaint it dozens of times. And that has made that door more than just a rainbow door. It's, a, it's an act of resilience, you know, it's like, I'm going to keep this rainbow here. We can, we're, we're okay. We as a people, we as Atlanta, like we're okay. The rainbow can come back. It's not a sad story. But no matter how much I love the other pieces, you know, that'll always be special to me.
0: After her first two doors, people and companies started coming to Karen, asking her to build tiny doors for them. Today, there are doors all over the city of Atlanta. There's a blue door in the Georgia Aquarium that looks like a submarine hatch surrounded by colorful coral. There's a pale pink double door at the Atlantic Botanical Garden, each one with a brass handle and embossed flowers. And my personal favorite is a shoulder height blue door surrounded by a mural of swirling piano keys at the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Each door is special. Each door is intricate. Some take as many as 55 hours to create. But Karen thinks a big part of their appeal is actually the fact that they don't open.
1: We all have this understanding that there's something behind a door. You know, doors are a means to somewhere else. And so a door is a really great way to create an access point to your imagination.
0: Remember those little cats outside the first door and the mini Atlanta Journal-Constitution? Well, that happens with the other doors, too.
1: Every single door collects items. It is the coolest thing. I have a collection of items. I typically don't take them when I find them. I'll take them if they've been there for a week or if it's about to rain or, you know, whatever. But I have a drawer of stuff. There are hundreds and hundreds of items over the years. Um, Sometimes people will take it upon themselves and just be like, I'm going to make a welcome mat for every tiny door in the city and then they'll spend the day going and putting them out.
0: There are now 26 doors all tucked within different nooks and crannies all across the city of Atlanta. There is the tiny Stages Theater door, which looks like the entrance to the world's smallest movie theater. There is the... Grant Park tree door which is embedded into the tree at the bottom of this incredible park there's tiny little vote sign in front of it like your neighbors would put up. There is the uh, incredibly cool Center for Puppetry Arts door which has its own kind of cast concrete staircase and then it goes up to these really plush pink like retro modern doors it looks like the whole thing was designed in 1987. Maximal hipness uh every door is its own tiny entrance to its own tiny world
1: i want them all to be special and somewhere that you know you would trust to go and that you would want to bring your family and that might be way off the beaten path you know it doesn't have to be an arena you know it can be a small park on another side of the city but There'll be a reason that I send you there. There'll be a reason that you want to visit that location to see something like cool and unexpected and free for you to visit.
0: So if you're in the Atlanta area, you can either go to the website tinydoorsatl.com or you can look up the Instagram page to find all the locations of the tiny doors. They are all wheelchair accessible and can be reached pretty easily using Atlanta's public transit. Go have a look at a tiny door. Just... Don't try and go in. You're not going to fail. This episode was produced by Baudelaire Seuss. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger Chris Naka
1: Camille Stanley
0: Willis Ryder-Arnold
1: Sarah Wyman
0: Manolo Morales
1: Gianna Palmer Tracy Samuelson John
0: Delore Our technical director is Casey Holford And this episode was sound designed by Luce Fleming Chris Naka If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com There's a link in our episode description And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thurst, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.
1: Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.